What up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of The Business of DJing. It's your host, Jamie Selex. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we have a very special episode. It's my first Zoom interview, uh, so it was cool to try this out. But my guest today is my brother, part of the Plural Music team, DJ Kenzo. He's an up-and-coming DJ, rapper, producer, all-around artist from Stockton, uh, California. And super stoked to have him on and, and to bring his vibe to the show. Uh, he's been killing it in the Bay Area DJ scene, a DJ for the Stockton Kings and now the Cal Bears. And honestly, what I love most about DJ Kenzo is just his desire to learn and improve and get better every single day. That's continuous growth is a huge part of my life. And so I love seeing that in young DJs. And so without further ado, I bring you DJ Kenzo. All right, cool. We're live. I'm here with my brother, DJ Kenzo. Welcome to the business of DJ, man. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Chilling, bro. Thank you for coming on and helping me kind of pilot this zoom uh podcast style i appreciate it for sure no problem thank you for um having me. for sure man couldn't think of anyone better <laughs> uh it's tough to follow up mc but i know you'll do right <laughs> yeah that, that, that <laughs> dude's amazing <laughs> he's cool amazing. bro well um let's jump in i just wanted to kick it off by having everyone get to know you a little bit so why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself where you're from um and we'll just go from there Okay, sure. Um, I go by the name of DJ Kenzo. Um, my real name is Keniva Bakari. Um, I was raised in Stockton, California. Uh, I am the first generation uh, from Sierra Leone. My parents are both from Sierra Leone, so I'm the first generation. I can't even talk right now. <laughs> I'm the first generation. Me and my sister, we're both, uh, we were both, you know, raised here, but our parents were born back home in uh, Sierra Leone, Africa. So, yeah, man, I've been living in Stockton, you know, practically my whole life and grew up out here, um, but always have a deep root back home in uh, Sierra Leone, Africa, where I haven't, I've been, last time I've been there was like, I was like 15. So hoping to go back there soon in December. But yeah, man, I'm just, that's pretty much who I am, where I'm from. Um, cool guy, cool DJ, um, super just music lover, music nerd. I love music a lot, <laughs> like a lot of people can know because I'm a DJ, so yeah. Nice. Mm. So how would you say your um, African roots kind of shape who you are and how has having that influence in your life like affected your perspective mm. on life? So, so basically, like, you know, growing up and just, you know, having, you know, just being, uh, you know, just being African in general is, is, is super cool because the culture always involves uh music you know food and family so um due to those uh kind of those three things it kind of shaped who i am like family always comes first and then you know food and music always follow and stuff of that nature so anytime that our family is together i just always knew that you know good times were 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 gonna follow so um you know music is always around us and kind of shaped who I am today, you know, having those, being a part of those African parties and being a part of such a strong African community. Um, they taught us a lot of, a lot of deep, uh, just what life truly is in, in, in their sense, you know, we have a lot of deep morals and, um, a lot of, uh, I guess a lot of, you know, discipline rules and stuff of that nature. So being, being African definitely taught me a lot. It taught me, you know, to always put education first, just not in school, but just in general, like you're never done learning. Like, especially with like what I do, I'm always looking to learn different things. That's just because of what 
my parents instilled in uh, me and my siblings. Nice, man. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Well, let's let's uh, talk about DJ origin then. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's kind of cheesy on the DJ podcast. I always talk about yeah. how you started <laughs> DJing, but uh, yeah. why don't you just tell us a little bit about how you were introduced to DJing and what those kind of early days for you were like. So uh, when I was a kid, um, you know, I mentioned uh, going to a lot of African parties and, you know, I always thought it was super cool just seeing the DJ always setting up, you know, the food was great, you know, family, everyone was dressing real cool and, and nice and dancing. But I was always, always fascinated by the DJ. I thought it was, I thought he was, I thought the DJ was honestly the most popular person in the party, you know, at that age, just because. One, you know, um, he's bringing everybody together, he's, or or she, she's bringing everybody together, or he, and I just thought it was super cool. Like I, I just fell in love with that, but I never fully tried it just because I was a very, um, surprisingly, I was a very uh, not the most confident kid growing up. Super energetic, super outgoing, but just sometimes I would always kind of like, eh, like. Like, I don't, I didn't, I never wanted to fully put myself out there just because of, you know, past situations of, you know, being bullied and things of that nature. So I never fully put myself out there, but I always was in love with, you know, DJing. And then I think my full moment where I was just like, bro, I really, really want to try this. I was like, I think I was 16, 15 years old and um, a Stockton DJ by the name of DJ Expo used to DJ our dances. And I, at the time I had to be like, I don't know, five, four, I was hecka short, got no <laughs> girls, like super chubby, but I just loved like how he was just kind of controlling the crowd. And I would literally dance by myself as I still do to this day, but I would literally dance by myself. And I was just like, bro, that is so cool. Like I remember growing up and seeing like African DJs go crazy and doing that. But to me, it was it was different because it was just like, yo, this is like, I, I fell in love with this as a kid, but now like I'm a little bit older and I still have that same like attraction. Every time I see a DJ, I just start walking up and I'll just stare. Like, honestly, a lot of DJs probably thought I was extremely creepy because I would just stare at them and just be like this right in front of them. Oh, bro, me too. So yeah, yeah. I have some embarrassing so I, stories actually. Yeah, for real. Yeah. yeah, staring at DJs, bro, I feel like every DJ has had that moment where they just, like, just staring at DJs, and DJs probably like, bro, this dude probably thinks, like, like, I'm sometimes, but honestly, we're, I mean, the reason why we're staring a lot of the times is we're just observing, and, and we think either they're really cool, and, you know, they're amazing, so, I mean, that's pretty much why I was staring at Expo for so long, was just, I was just super fascinated by his skills, and then um, when, I, when I went to college, when I transferred from Delta, that's when I fully started to dive in to the DJ scene a little bit late and um I had to be like 21 22 and but yeah yeah that's really how it started was DJ Expo you know a lot of you know my uncles DJing and then the plural homies Kieran uh and MC like I was I thought it was super cool like that like they were doing something that I've always wanted to do and they were from the same city as me I was like whoa like all right if they they can do that then I for surely like you know like they're opening this like new uh like everyone wants to play football basketball um like sports and they're 
DJing. I thought that was super cool. This is always something I've wanted to do. So just the fact that they were doing it in my own city, I was like, that was super motivating. Kind of helped me like kind of start all of this really. Nice. That's dope. Thank you. Um, yeah. I remember Expo. I've seen him a bunch of times in Stockton. Yeah. Um, cool. So where super did you go to school? Dude. I went to Bear Creek High School. Or uh, sorry, I mean college. Is in San Francisco, right? Uh, yeah, I went to the Academy of Arts University, graduated from there. Okay, cool. And were you picking up gigs at that time, or how did it uh, how did it turn from like, I guess from like the bedroom to the club, as they say? So I was in the dorm room for a minute. I'm not gonna lie, I was in the dorm room just just kind of just DJing every chance I could in front of my roommates, and um, my roommates started to like be cool with certain people that threw parties and they're just like bro we need a dj like and that's kind of how it started i started djing all the college parties and you know at first you know it's just it's you know, obviously your first couple of gigs you're not really that good so like the, <laughs> yeah. first, <laughs> the first couple like and i was doing it for free too bro i was like obviously like i didn't i was so like i i would guess like like djing was like a baby to me and i just didn't want to like i didn't want to 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 like make any of the the I would say I always call them like the the OGs the legends the goats I didn't want to make any of them mad so like I was like bro I just want to do this for free for a little bit I don't want no money because I don't want to mess up like the the culture of DJing like you feel me like I, I didn't know how much to even charge at that time so I was just doing it for free um and um and I was doing a, a bunch of college parties. I did my uncle's 60th. That was pretty cool. Like, I was like, my first real gig was my uncle's 60th. Started doing college parties. And then um, after that, man, I just started to really, really get good with the college parties. And then um, I guess the college parties started to, there, there was like a certain buzz around me, around the school. Like, you know, DJ Kenzo is our, is our DJ. Our school wasn't that big, but it was kind of big in a sense. So like I was just the DJ on campus that everybody was always messing with. And then um, I had entered the DMP contest where they have the DMP festival and they pick a DJ to have an opening set. So I had entered mm -hmm. and it was kind of like a voting situation. Once I did that, that's when kind of everything changed. Like I think everybody from Academy voted, everybody from Stockton voted. And um, the craziest thing is um, while I was about to DJ at the festival, uh, um, the sound wasn't like, the they didn't have the generators. So it cut in my set. So like, mm. I think my set was supposed to be 30 minutes and it cut like, I only had 10 minutes. So I didn't, no one really even got to see me. So I was just like, dang, that's, 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 that sucks. So like, but <laughs> yeah. shout out to Dave and, and uh, his name's DJ Midnight. Shout out to him. Cause he, he kind of made me a promise and was just like, Hey man, don't worry. Like I'm going to get you like, just because you thugged it out here and you had a great attitude the whole time, I'm going to get you at uh Holy cow. And that's where I got my first like big club gig. And then the rest is kind of just after that, just kept coming and coming. And then now we're here. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I've been seeing you on, yeah. the, uh, on those lineups. That's cool. Even though it was a foster yeah. relationship. Not for sure. They're like, cool. So people. important in our, uh, in our community super important but you said you started late i feel like i started super late too because i was like mm -hmm. homies with all with plural and 
I was like living in the HQ for like at least a year or two. That's tight. Or I finally was like, all right, man, just teach me how to do this too. Yeah, yeah. I could have <laughs> started in college. <laughs> so you started after college? Yeah, I started like 2017 and I graduated okay, 2013. That's dope. For sure. That's crazy. I would have I could have thought like this whole time I thought you started like when they started. That's kind of tight. That's no, hella clean. They got years on me. <laughs> nah, bro, um, those guys, they got their vets. <laughs> so cool. So what was it? What was the timeline like uh between like what you're talking about right there. And then like when mm. we met at that uh, Destiny Rogers show on the rooftop. Cause you were, you were, you've been doing it for a while at that point. I think like when we, kinda, yeah, when we, when I you kind of first joined plural and I gave you the slip mats, how many years? I think was it was, honestly, I think it was, I started in like, so I always count when I got my first, uh, when I like really like, I, I think 2015, 2016 is when I started. So not kind of like too far from you. Like I started around then, like that was when I officially started. And then I think 2017 is when I got my first club gig. And, uh, but like 2015, 2016, like I always count my first, uh, my first gig as the first time I've like, like started as a DJ, but like I was in the bedroom in like 2015, 2016. Like on and off in 2014 a little bit too, but mainly 2015 to 2016, and um, yeah, 2017 is when I got my first club gig, and then that was kind of after that the college parties kind of like stopped, and I started doing more clubs, and then 2018 is when things started like kind of gaining a little bit, and that's uh after that everything was kind of you know, I think uh, a little bit bigger after that, but yeah, I think yeah 2020 I want to say 2015 2016 is around that time. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about plural a little bit, just because uh, we're both part of the plural fam, and just more generally, yeah. I think how important or how has it affected your career to have like a family or community of DJs uh, that like support mm. you? You know, we all support each other. We have our our group chats. Yeah. We're always you know texting mm. about gear, about gigs. Uh, how how yeah. has that affected kind of your trajectory and in, in your career so far? Man, it's it's honestly helped me so much, bro. It's like I mean, we've had conversations where you've helped me with checklists, like, you know, like having like a checklist of things you need to have before going to a gig. And um, honestly, man, it's helped me be so much more professional, um, so much more ready for, for gigs. Like I was always so focused on the practice part, but not the whole like umbrella of everything and everything else that you have to like, like to present. And um, having a team like Plural, having a family like Plural is super important because one, it's it's so cool having a bunch of DJs that understand like where you're coming from. Because, you know, this, this DJ stuff can be hard. Um, uh, you know, you're mainly like, for me, I'm, I'm with a lot of artists. You know, I like to consider DJs as artists too, but I'm with a lot of like, you know, rappers, singers. So like, you know, when, when you come to them about DJ stuff, they don't really um, understand as much as, you know, DJs do. And uh, that's what the family's there for, man. I feel like we just, everyone just understands like where everyone's coming from. Everyone understands everyone's like, I guess, um, mindset, um, where they want to go. And I think having that is, is super dope. Like, I feel like Plurals has helped me with so many, like they got me my first, gig in San Diego like I've never been to San Diego like ever so like it was super cool doing that and and being a part of that and and 
And, you know, me and my girlfriend able to get on a flight and go to San Diego where I've never been. So uh, honestly, man, Plural's helped me with so many things, bro. Like, honestly, I'm kind of like, I get, I always get a little bit, like, I try not to get too emotional talking about Plural because like, it's just from when I first met, like first heard of them was, when I first heard of the team and who we are as a family, I've always was like, man, they're hella cool. When I first met them, I was like, man, they're hella cool. And then that day when it was just like, hey, we want you to be part of Plural was like this, what the, like not a what the fuck moment, excuse my language, it was like a what the heck moment, but it was like a, a full circle moment when it was just like, I used to watch these guys when I was younger and I seen the team grow. And I may have not have said much when I saw the team grow, but I was always watching. So I think it's so cool to be a part of something that is honestly growing every day. And like, you know, I can come to, you don't feel so alone really when you're like on these certain, um, I guess, uh, come ups and, and, and you can always come to the team and be like, Hey, I got this coming up. You know, like you, you I, honestly, I was telling my girlfriend this other day, you don't want to like accomplish so much and then look to your left and look to your right and you see nobody versus when you have a team, it's like everybody wants to see everybody eat. Everyone wants to see everybody win. Like it's it's not give and take, it's give and give. So and that's what it is with plural, man. It's like, it's super amazing. It's always 50-50 with the team. Damn, bro. Touch my heart right there. <laughs> kind of funny because I know Thank we were we were going through the process of like asking you. We were we were kind of nervous too. We're like, oh man, Kenzo's killing it right now. Is he gonna say yes? We don't know. For real, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's so that's that's like when I got the. I remember I was sitting down with Don. I was just like, bro, Don, plural just asked me to be a part of like plural, and I was just like, bro, I don't know. Like, do I let the like my first answer? I wanted to say yes right away and I was just like nah should I think about it and Don was just like yeah bro I mean we should give it a couple of days think about it a little bit I'm like all right but in my head I was just like bro I'm, I want to be a part of this team so bad like like super bad and even though I you know I feel like every decision you do have to like you know think about it for two two days max my dad always told me like every decision you make even if you want to say yes right away you have to at least think about it you know let it register a little bit but man, when, as soon as I like, I registered it and then like, I kind of like let the process go. And the second day I was just like, bro, I'm, I'm hitting a lineup. I'm ready to sign these papers. Like, let's go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're a much loved dope. member of the team, bro. Thank you, bro. Uh, Appreciate you're it. you something so unique to us. Thank you, man. Um, super, super happy to be a part of the team always. Hell yeah. So now you're a full-time DJ. Talk about that a little yeah. bit. So when you first started, obviously you had either other job or doing some other stuff. And then yeah, what, what made you like make the decision to go full time? And how was that? How was that transition for you? Man, I was, I was grinding when I had a, a job, I was doing a catering job and I would work Uber and uh, I was, so I would cater during the day and I would Uber at night. And then I, and then I would DJ at night again. So like it was, it, it was crazy. Like I would literally cater, do catering events. And honestly, I would always talk to the, like to people and let them know I was DJing. That's how I got so many people to come to the clubs. I would tell them like, Hey, I got this oh, club event tonight. You should come like in the Uber <laughs> and, the and catering. Like, like, yeah, bro. Like I was literally like, I would practice on Fridays. Like, like right after I got done with catering, uh, my catering events. And then I would practice in between. So like catering events, like we would start like 
I would get done at like one or two. We would work at like from six to two o'clock. And then from two to like five, I would just be practicing. And then I would go and work Uber and be like, hey man, I'm, uh, you should follow me on Instagram. Like I'm a DJ, da, 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 da. And then if I had a, a gig that night, I would do Uber a lot earlier. And I'm like, you should come to my, uh, I got a guest list. And I would like, let me get them my phone <laughs> while, while driving, bro. Like it was, it was crazy. I would give them my phone while driving and, and like just have a bunch of random Uber, Uber homies like pulling up to the clubs. And then uh, I never, this, this was uh, in San Francisco when I was living oh, in San okay, Francisco. Where, where? So yeah. And then that's because uh, um, I had made, um, I lived in Stockton, obviously, like my whole life. And then uh, when I had went to college, um, I was in San Francisco and I kind of made the decision. I'm like, bro, after I graduate, I kind of want to try to stay out here for a little bit longer. And I had stayed out in San Francisco for a little bit longer and just, you know, did everything I could to like, you know, work, do Ubers um, and then go back home and kind of help my parents with their business and come back out. I was just grinding. And then finally... I had the conversation um, with uh, with my girlfriend, actually. She was just my, someone who I was like, we were just really good friends at the time. And then we were kind of in the talking stages and stuff of that nature. And I asked her like, like, how, like, what do you think I should do with this? And she's texting me like the most amazing message. Like, this is your passion. You should follow it. Like, if, if you really care about this, like you, you're not going to go wrong if you just quit and fully full-time go into it I had just did the Stockton rooftop that year and it was crazy and I seen how many people were lined up and um at first I was very in like I was very in denial like I'm like nah, everyone's just here because it's the rooftop and then um the promoters and, and people around were just saying like bro we literally came for you and you just like see Twitter just going crazy like everyone was like bro we came to see like you know DJ Kenzo and then at that point I was just like all right, man, if a lot of people believe in me, like with this, I can, I need to believe in myself. And that's when I had quit do, doing catering. I had like kind of slowly started getting out of Ubering. Like I was still doing it a little bit. And then I fully started to like really, really attack being a full-time DJ. And man, it's, it's really saved my life. It's uh, helped me stay organized and it's giving me more motivation than I ever could imagine. So that's dope, man. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Joe and I used to lift or do like the lift Uber thing. And I would oh, always really? be playing his dig deeper mixtapes. Yeah. And the squad, the squad, whole squad's mixtapes in the car and we'd be passing out little cards. That's dope. So I feel that's you dope. on that. Heck uh, yeah, bro. That's so Singular task. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so in terms of like the finances and stuff, like how has it been like supporting yourself? Like, well, how many gigs would you say you need to get? in order to like be cool in that regard so supporting myself is like if at first it was super tough like i had moved out of my san francisco apartment and uh moved to hayward because it was a little bit cheaper mm -hmm. um and at first it was it was really tough just trying to figure everything out and then um you know my dad and my mom were 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 super supportive of it but at the same time they were you know very scared on how I was going to bring money so my dad was kind of like talking to me he was just like very much he had to sit down with me I'll never forget and he's just like you really want to do this you got to attack this like a business and you have to like you know charge your worth and um once I started kind of like charging us it went from like a like a certain a certain rate 
and we were seeing a lot of like money come in and 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 well, not a lot but a good amount and i would just save saving was like my biggest thing and then um and then you know as i kind of grew more the name grew more i started to go up in rates and and um really set up you know more of like a a dj agreement um you know me and uh my manager at the time he had helped me a lot figuring out a plan where we have you know down deposits where people send in the money before after they sign the contracts and that helped out so much because like for say like a month i would try to get like i would try to pretty much book the whole month bro i would try to book every month like with club gigs weddings corporate gigs as much as i could just to make sure um i could get by and now i think it's a little bit more organized even though i do have a lot of gigs um mm -hmm. I'm taking on more gigs. I feel like I'm more choosy with what gigs I really want to have just because I feel like I'm way better at saving, um, way better at knowing how much I'm going to make this month and how much I'm not going to make this month. Um, better in knowing how to get different source of income in other ways, like um, whether it's, uh, you know, producing more or, or um, you know, figuring out different gig situations and, you know, being Stockton Kings DJ helps because you're getting a paycheck, you know, every couple of weeks and, you know, right. trying to get more gigs where you're like, you're, you're, it's like a, like a job in a sense, like you're there every week or something like that. So, yeah, I think like that, like figuring out how to kind of maneuver as a, as a business really helped me a lot. Nice. And you talked about like, you know, making sure you had the whole month planned out. Like, do you have a system yeah. for keeping track of your gigs or like, yeah google calendar like do you have a system mm -hmm. like keeping uh your your booking contacts and yeah organized a, what's your system there i have a google calendar i have like three calendars i have oh you can't really see it but i have one calendar oh no you can't i have one calendar, calendar? you have the physical yeah 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 i have the physical i have two physicals and i got the <laughs> google calendar so i can i do the google calendar uh like as soon as i lock in a day i just go to my phone lock in the google calendar it's on yep. my phone so if i'm out i can see it and then when i wake up i have this calendar to where i can see it physically when i wake up so i have those kind of like to keep everything organized um if i don't have a, like a lot of bookings in the next month i write goals like hey um let's try to get like here or let's travel here let's link up here so we can try to, you know, this may be, I always can't like see it as a sign. If I'm not booked for any gigs in the next month, I see that as a sign from God, like, hey, it's time for you to go out and network. Like, you, you know, like go out there, network, meet a bunch of people, um, talk. And then everything always ends up like really, really good when that happens. Like I never had a month where like, um, I mean, no, I've had months where like just nothing was coming in, but since, you know, saving and, and making sure everything was straight beforehand, always helped me and gave me more of a cushion in a sense of uh of um like figuring things out like sometimes some things are tight where you like you can get this but you can't get that so you have to like manage a little bit better but you know you figure out ways you ask questions you kind of like uh you know maneuver things in a certain way like i mean yeah you just kind of like like ask a lot of like like I wouldn't say favors, but you ask like people like, Hey, I can't do this, but can I do this? And, and like figure out how to like, you know, meet in the middle. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. You gotta yeah. have a system and gotta have a mm -hmm. savings emergency fund. It's 
clutch. Nah, for real. Having a system truly keeps everything organized and, and great. I'm not the best. I'm getting better at being organized. I mean, having a girlfriend definitely helps because, you know, <laughs> girls are they're super amazing at being organized. But I, I can be a lot better. And, you know, I'm learning every day. And uh, I think meeting different DJs and kind of hearing their systems kind of help a lot. And, you know, like I said, once again, being on a plural team helps a lot too, because, you know, as much as I want to, like, I'm a very, like my parents raised me to be very, like, you go get it on your own. Don't ask no, like, ask questions, but don't bother anybody. But I think plural has all honestly given me that, that open uh, view into, you know, not bothering anybody, but hey, bro, like the homies are here, like, you know, ask questions and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So you mentioned the Stockton Kings. Like, how did you lock in that gig? And then I also believe you just got um, locked in with the Cal Bears. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she go Bears. <laughs> but it, it was all it was all networking once again, man. It's like organic. I would say or I always say organic networking because every network I always get, it's never like a motive. It's just like an organic thing where it's just a relationship has been built. And um, it went, it goes back to when I was, uh, I had a, a job with Pac-12, like I think 2016, 2017. This is when I was like in and out. This is when before, this is before I made the leap to being a full-time DJ. And um, uh, I had once again, worked all day to DJ at night. And a homie of mine um, came to one of my gigs and was just like, bro, you're super dope. I hella want you to meet my homie. He's a cow DJ, you know, cool black African-American dude. You guys will get along. A lot of you guys need to meet more anyway. So you guys should meet. So I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to be working for Pac-12 at the cow game anyways. I'm, I was the dude who held uh, the the sound thing. So like, uh, oh, I would, yeah, yeah, I was, I was oh, that guy yeah. like on, on the <laughs> sidelines. So like um, I had get, I went there early just to meet him. And, you know, we talked, we chopped it up, we exchanged each other's numbers. And um, I never really asked to even be the cow DJ at the time. I just wanted to meet him and to network. And and I had no, like, motive to being, like, the cow DJ. Just only, like, a motive to, like, uh, just meeting him and, and working for Pac-12. And, you know, if if I could DJ a cow party, that's, what, that my, that's where my head was at. Like, mm-hmm. I want to DJ for a cow party, like. He already has the the games. I want to do a cow party. And we still exchange numbers. And he said, if I can do anything for you, I'll make sure that happens. And a couple months later go by and um, he gets, I guess, um, one of his bosses at Cal got a job for the Stockton Kings. And um, they hit him up to DJ. And he was just like, I think I have a someone who would fit this a little bit better than, than, than I would. You know, he's actually from Stockton. And that's when they threw me to lob. So we were both DJing for the Stockton Kings, but he kind of like, yeah, he kind of set it up and kind of stepped back and super grateful for him for doing that, man, because it was just the most unselfish, coolest thing that anyone could ever done to kind of like help someone's dream come true. And like, he just hit me up, was like, hey, bro, how do you feel about being a Stockton King DJ? And I'm not going to lie, bro. I think I dropped my phone. I was just like, bro, this is crazy. Like, and that's pretty much how it happened was just, you know, a mutual DJ looking out for a mutual, another DJ. And, you know, we got that situated. And then, and then now it's kind of circled back into Cal. Cal needed more DJs. 
and um, he had hit me up and was just like, bro, you've been killing it. How would you, you know, like to be a part of the the Cal DJ team? You know, there's like five of us, so it's gonna be nice. pretty fun. Yeah, rotating with everybody. Yeah. How does it work? Because we we had uh, the gig locked in at the Pacific to do the basketball games for a little bit. Yeah, and so that yeah. was super dope. Did you do one of those or mm-hmm. not? Yeah, I did. I did. I think I did two. That was hell. It was hella fun. <laughs> those were like, is it the same or how, how does it work? Are you playing music the whole mm-hmm. time? I think a professional basketball games that have music going the whole time or what's yeah, like so, the vibe of the game. So like, I think it's very similar to like, um, so I know for sure in, in for in Stockton, what they have us do. Um, because they don't really have like I would say like they have a PA guy but they don't have like a sound guy so the DJ is basically working from the you're in there trying to you're in there doing pregame you're getting team warmed up and then you're playing music during the game too like you're playing the defense and you're playing the offensive uh, prompts and then you're playing all the way to the end of the game and then but for UOP you know you're just playing the pregame halftime maybe and then you're done so in Sacramento, it's very similar to UOP where you do the pregame and you do halftime and then you're done too. So I think okay. with Cal, Cal is very – in football, you kind of just play the pregame, halftime, and then you're done too. So like with the right. basketball, I'm, I'm not too sure on how that goes uh, yet just because I haven't uh, – we haven't uh, talked – we've only talked about football. I'm doing basketball games too, but we've only talked about the process for football. And then – I also um, do know that it's very similar to the way we rotate at UOP where, you know, you rotate like, you know, five different DJs on different nights and stuff of that nature. Right, right. So, so yeah, that, that's the fun part. I know in, in the football games, it may be like, I think he said it may be like three of us working at one time since football is so big. So that's really cool too. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Nice consistent check and they're hella fun. You can play cool, like mm. big energy tracks exactly exactly and meet all the the players and you know link up with them and you know build a connection with them is always dope too so cool yeah any advice for young djs out there trying to lock in like a sports gig like this man i think the best advice for sports is just to kind of put yourself out there is like i think with sports they want someone who has high energy and someone that really appreciates sports in general like, um, honestly, like being with Stockton, I think the reason why it's so cool is because like, I actually know a lot about what's going on. So like, we'll have conversations with the bosses and conversations with like management there. And we'll actually talk about sports and, and they love it. Like, you know, they'll, they'll try to hook me up with like, right now they're trying to get me in at the G League draft party. And it's just, just because of like, I guess the knowledge of, of sports and, just the enjoyment of music and sports together. So I think any advice really with any young DJ that's trying to be like a sports, um, you know, DJ, you know, I'm still trying to learn on how to get, you know, different sports gigs and of that nature. I think the best advice though, is just high energy is so much like once they see that you have high energy and they see that, you know, you're always putting yourself out there in a high energetic, environment they're gonna want to book you and if it's very clean and presentable and and very uh organic they're gonna want to to get you in there for sure nice we'll eventually be DJing for the warriors like d sharp bro no that'll be that'll be super (laughs) lit bro and that's that's honestly that's that's big bro man that's that's like he's like on 
for me personally, he's on my Mount Rushmore. He's one of my favorite DJs, man, of all time. Like, like my favorite DJs of all time are actually like, I think people that you can actually reach, which is hella cool. Like, I, I have DJs that I like, or like superstars, like Jazzy Jeff. And to me, but like, to me, DJ D Sharp is like a true superstar, bro. Like, he's he's amazing. So yeah, that would be that would be lit. That would be lit to be a part of an NBA champion. Uh, team like the Warriors for sure for real yeah they yeah, got lucky with the team there too <laughs> man bro like out of they they weren't they weren't that good back in the day but now they're they're going super crazy and that's a that's a huge blessing for him for sure and he's he's from Oakland so I think that's even cooler like right, if they right. chose like someone from the city and and yeah man he's it, it, it will be like like you know just like how it was for me DJing for Sacramento for that game like if they were to if Sacramento was to call me right now and be like hey man you're the you're the official like one of the official Sacramento Kings DJs that's my favorite team like I'm not from there but that's my favorite team bro so I would I would be I would probably be just I'll probably be cheesing like him every day too for sure <laughs> right. hell yeah. yeah we'll keep killing that bro Oh yeah, bro. Um, thank you. All right. So not only do you DJ, but you've been making mm. your own music, making beats. You also just hang yeah. out in front of this crazy artistic community of artists in Stockton. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about like I guess maybe start with like the group that you hang out with and how they inspired mm. you to like pursue music and how you started to to make your own beats and then also like get on tracks yourself. What was that whole process like? Man, uh, 29 has been uh, something that has been, I guess, kind of growing as, you know, this record label, this uh, this corporation, this super dope family. And, um, you know, we've been hanging out for quite some time. We've been real cool homies of, you know, Don Quez, Jerry3M, Open Show, uh, Portal, uh, Mario. The, the list goes on and on. Um, those guys are honestly like those guys are my brothers like you know we we honestly we're just real music nerds we all love music a lot and um I think how they were able to you know how we were all able to kind of grow is we're just always so big on pushing one another like I think um I always compare us to the Chicago Bulls because if one of us sees like we just always love to grow like I think where I can only speak for myself I guess where it started with me was just Don Quez kind of, you know, asking me to be his DJ. And um, that was like a huge moment for me because at the time, bro, I was, and I'm still convinced, I thought he, and I, I still think that, and I know that he's the best one out of Stockton, California. And in my opinion, he's the best rapper from here. And um, I felt that way went before he, cause I was just a fan at first. I would watch his videos and everything. And then for him to hit me up and kind of like reach out and, and be cool about it was super dope. And, um, and uh, you know, me DJ for him was just this fear of like, I can't mess this up. Like this is Don Quez. Like you, you, you can't mess like DJing for Don Quez. Like you have to get better every day because, He's going to be in the studio getting better every single day. You have to literally go crazy, bro. Like, you you can't have a day off. Like, you have to go crazy. And just having that mindset is, I think, why I'm where I'm at now with producing was just having friends like Jerry Ofa Show 
and was like, you know, they're going crazy every day. Like we're going crazy as a team every day. I have to sharpen my sword every day. I can't have, you know, I have my rest days obviously, but I can't have a, a day where I'm just like, oh, well, you know, I'm comfortable being who I am. Like, you know, like I, it has to, something has to improve every day. And I think just us having that mindset and us just being us and letting us be us, that's really where, why we're at where we're at and how this is even formed. And we're, we're also very creative and have big imagination. So we're like always challenging each other and always making sure that, you know, our ideas are outside the box and very supportive of one another and pushing one another to, to making things bigger. Like there's no, there's no such thing as like a, and this is Don's motive. There's like really no such thing as like a crazy idea in his eyes. So I think like that alone, having someone like that on your team and being a part of a team that's like that, kind of like the sky's the limit. Like you're going to want to do like the crazy stuff, like have a basketball game for a music video. <laughs> so like, yeah, you're going to want to do stuff like that. Yeah, bro. It was dope, but it was, it was super, it was, it was crazy. It was a lot, a lot of stuff going on. I, I didn't think that it could happen, but I mean, having someone like Donnie to just be like, bro, that's easy. We can do that easily. Like you came up with the idea. You want to do it? Let's do it. And him just saying that was just like, oh, bet. Because I wrote the treatment when I was, honestly, bro, I've, I've always wanted to do that since I was, like, 14. I always wanted to, like, have a, Little Wayne used to be my favorite artist. And seeing him uh, do pop bottles and having a music video was super cool to me. Like, with them having, playing basketball, popping champagne. So I was like, I want to have a video just like that. But I can't pop champagne. I'll pop apple cider because I don't drink. <laughs> I'll do that instead, so. Yeah, bro, like having a team that always kind of pushes you and, and makes sure that, you know, you're always grinding is, is super dope, bro. And we, and we got that here in Stockton for sure. So, yeah, you brought up Don Quez. Um, I kind of skipped this part in my, in my document here, but uh, let's circle back mm -hmm. real quick to that. So <laughs> I remember the first time I saw you as a DJ friend, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> who the fuck is this? <laughs> I was like, like this, is the, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. So talk to us about what, what, like, uh, what, what is this Kennergy that, that, uh, comes out of you when, when you, when you're DJing on stage like this, cause it's not just like a normal DJ gig. It's like you turn it on to something else completely, which is kind of funny too. Cause normally as a person, you're very chill and like, I wouldn't say quiet, but like, mm. you know, just like we're talking right now. But yeah, then on yeah, stage, I'm, I'm, bro, it's something something else uh, it's, turns on. So talk about yeah. that, and then um, and then tell us how I was performing for YG. Uh, mm, um, shit, I, man, I honestly like because I hear that a lot. Because some people, when they see me, they like they're like, "Man, you're so polite. Like you're su you're super nice." Like so when they like, <laughs> it's just funny when like they meet me off stage and I go up to them and they're like. Bro, you're freaking sick. You're amazing. I'm like, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's like, can you please hand me that? Like, they're just like, what the fuck? Like, it, it, I don't know, bro. Like, I think it's just because, like, growing up, I've always been, like, you know, super nice, super polite. So, like, on stage, it's just, like, I get to be, like, like, I wouldn't say a different person, but I get to, like, really, like, just let loose, like, let everything go, kind of just, kind of just let everything all into, like, a performance, and I, I think it's just because of my influences, 
Like I'm super influenced by rock bands. Um, uh, I love uh, Steven Tyler. Um, mm. I'm a huge fan okay. of like, yeah, I'm a huge fan. of My mom uh, listened to him a lot. I'm a Travis Scott fan. Um, uh, so, and I, I love Ye. Um, like when it comes to hip hop. And then um, my favorite rappers are like DMX. Um, okay. Like I used to love Flavor Flav for at least everyone who was just super theatrical. Like Dennis Rodman was one of my favorite basketball players, but it was just super weird because it was just like, everyone was just like, well, why do you like these people? But you're nothing like, you're really not like them. But I think it's just because that was always, I guess, a side of me that always wanted to like, I guess, come out more, but I could never, I never had the place to do it and not kind of look crazy. So like the stage was that area where I can just fully embrace like, this energy that has always kind of been inside of me and always wanting to like be let out and, you know, it gets let out on stage, man. It's like, it's, it's just a super, I, I couldn't really tell you what the hell it is, but I'm going to keep it a buck with you. It's just as soon as that microphone is in my hand, as soon as Don's <laughs> going crazy, I just, it's just a switch. And it's just like, I always tell people, like, I see, I don't see people. I see like energy. Like when I see people, like I just immediately just oh shit, it's it's lit. Like it's so cool to see people. Like I just get super hyped off other people, man. I think that's why it comes out. Like it's a it's like an excitement, like an adrenaline rush, like candy. Like it's like a, I'm like a kid in a candy store when I'm in a club or like performing. You know, performing for YG, man. That was oh my god, that was that was lit. That was super lit. Just because. You're giving me like you're giving me and Don like this big ass stage to perform. I'm like, oh yeah, like say less. Like we're gonna mm-hmm. go crazy. So like I'll never forget though. Like at first I was a little nervous. And then um I think uh Shawnee Sean, uh Haiti Baby's DJ was like, Oh, you're about to be in front of thousands, like, 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 yeah, man. He's like kind of trying to like freak me out a little bit, but instead of it freaking me out, it actually made me more hyped up. Like I was like, oh shit, we're about to be in front of thousands. I'm like, bro, you should have like, I don't know, like I perform better in front of a lot of people than too. Like, I don't know why it's like that for me, but it's always been like that since I ever started. So when when that happened, more bro, energy I was to just, feed off of. Exactly, more energy to feed off of. And it was it was a dream come true to be out there and 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 go crazy and and uh use that, utilize that whole stage and kind of just let once again let loose and kind of just let all of um a lot of things out and I, I think also like a reason why I'm so energetic is I'm kind of going back on the past is like you know growing up you know was was you know I had a tremendous family uh two great parents but you know like that I guess school was always kind of tough you know because of you know just people you know making fun of you and stuff of that nature making fun of me and stuff of that nature so like all that stuff was kind of like built up so like in due time, it kind of got let out with like being able to perform and and releasing like stress and anger of any any type of nature. Like I'm able to release a lot when I'm on stage. Like I never really try to, um, before I'm on stage, I get super quiet, meditate. And I'm kind of like channeling this like inner inner self in order to let, let it all out on stage. Like I'm pretty much letting out like as much. I'm trying to like, when I'm channeling, I guess when I'm meditating, I'm trying to like, channel get rid of the bad energy so i can give good energy out that makes sense so yeah i feel you i remember at the brick and mortar show before 
you were like yeah. in the zone with your headphones. I was like, yeah. maybe I won't talk to him right now. I'm, I'm, gonna let him, I'm gonna let him do his thing. Yeah, bro. I, I get super super. I always tell people like Don is actually you know super quiet, but before a show it switches. Like he gets super talkative, and I get super quiet just because like for me I try not to get too excited before a show because before a show like in my room I'm I'm bouncing off walls so like when I'm quiet like that I'm kind of like focusing on like you know I'm trying to image how the show is going to go and I think me being quiet and me kind of focusing kind of helps that in order to like release that on stage totally I feel you Thank so you, in terms bro. of your own yeah. music like uh, I think before we kind of go into the last section here talk about music taste mm-hmm. and library stuff um like, where do you see yourself in five years, like with DJing and music? And where, where do you see the your, your business growing? And where, what would you like to do next? Man, um, one thing about me, like, I love living in the present. But I'm also very big on speaking things. I love to try to speak things. Not try. I love to speak things into existence. I love to, like, be very confident on, like, what I want and where I want to be. And, you know, I know for sure like where I'm at right now, just uh, with producing and, and and just the love of music and, and wanting to see other artists kind of um, get their shine. And, and um, I think with what I'm trying to do with DJing and um, uh, building an album and putting music, I'm trying to bring the light that DJs are artists. Like we're, we're, we're what we do is art. Like and we're just not iPods. We're just not people to just play music. We're we're really bigger than that. So I think like with songs like, you know, Bushman, where I'm actually on the track rapping, that was like a statement to like letting people know that DJs are more than just people you see behind the decks. And then producing a song like No Humble State and Don't Be Afraid and, you know, Hot Ass Beat Clap, those were like statements was like, okay, like this is what DJs do, right? They produce their own tracks and they have other people hop on it. Well, I'm gonna do it in my way where it's like a mixture of both. And that's pretty much how my album is going to be. It's going to be like a mixture of all that. And um, honestly, where I kind of see myself in five years is is more people doing that. Like more people kind of seeing the art fact and, and understanding like, damn, I want to like, like do that. Like I want to, I want to push DJing to the next level or push being a DJ to the next level. And um, like, I see myself in, 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 you know, conversations with the mustards, the DJ Khaled, the DJ Dramas. I see myself as an artist and um, I see not just myself, I see a whole team of just super dope DJs getting getting the shine that I feel like we deserve, but also giving the shine to, you know, the crowd, the fans, the, you know, the supporters, the loved ones. And that's why I see myself in the next five years is, is killing spots, you know, all over, you know, Europe, you know, Vegas, Arizona, I see myself in in a lot of dope venues, but I see also um, me embracing the culture and me, um, you know, just embracing other other DJs and pushing us like, and I'm not the end all be all, but at the same time, I I do feel like if I get a gig and they're like, oh, we want you to bring in like a dope ass opener, I'm going to bring in the homies. Like I'm going to bring in Joe, MCU, I'm going to bring in the homies, like, you feel me, like, on big stages, or I'll bring in, like, you know, hey, like, oh, we we want you to open up for, like, a Maz Medina or something like that, or we want you to set up a show, like, you know, you're, you're getting so big, we want you to be 
like once you have like a camp vlog and all the DJing, like I'm gonna I wanna bring in dope DJs that I've always looked up to and and kind of wanted to that I see in a superstar light that I want other people to see in a superstar light. So honestly, that's why I see myself in the next five years, really taking this brand of Kennedy and expanding it to the world. Hell yeah, bro. Well, anything yeah, that we can I do, that we like help <laughs> That's what I want, bro. We're, yeah. we're always here to help you out. Hell yeah, bro. Appreciate it. All right, cool. So let's end with a little selective style. Um, so yes, how would you describe your DJ style and what music do you play when no one's listening? Man, I think my DJ style is like very all over the place. Like I'm super diverse, um, super raw, I would say very uh, aggressive at times but also i could be very smooth in transitions um i think my dj style is a is a very i don't know it's very like okay traditional but very unique because it's 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 such like you know micro like i i get on a mic every now and then but at the same time i i always try to understand it hey i'm a plural music dj i got to i got to mix i got to you know actually be traditional and and be you know, fundamentally sound, but at the same time, I also understand I have to be just like how everyone on the team is themselves. I try to be myself. So um, I, I would say like a little bit of, you know, just everywhere. I'm a very everywhere person. So I think that's the way I DJ. And um, what I listen to outside of DJ, bro, honestly, I listen to a lot of Toro Iboy. Um, I listen to a lot of Tame Impala. Um, I'm a huge fan of like R.L. Grime, uh, Dylan Francis. Uh, like mm. Steve, I love Steve Aoki Very a lot. Rare. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like okay. it's just like I actually listen to like those guys like a lot. And it's we're going like to Vegas, then, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for real, for real, bro. Like I, I, when we went out there, that was the first person I needed to see. And like, like I'm just a huge fan of music. Like I, I listen to a lot of Afro beats. Like Burner Boy is like my favorite artist right now. Like um, for sure. Um, I love Wiz Kid. Um, but it's so cool now because like a lot of Afro beats I listen to. I can play that now, so I guess that is no longer like a like a genre that I I don't I listen to behind closed doors, which is dope. But um, yeah, I just listen to a bunch, just a bunch of different artists, man. Like Tame Impala has always been like my favorite to kind of listen to behind closed doors. Tori Moy too, and um, now I know I'm forgetting. I know I'm going to go on my phone and I'm going to forget like a bunch of artists that I do listen to. Oh, I listen to a lot of uh uh. My mom used to listen to him a lot. I may butcher his name, but uh, Andriella Barcelli. Um, mm, okay. I don't know if I said his name right, but he's a he's an opera singer. I listen to him a lot. I listen to a lot of Shakespeare too, like before gigs. Like honestly, when you see me hella like focused, I'm listening to to Shakespeare and Beethoven, which is hella. Well, not Shakespeare, sorry. Uh, Beethoven, sorry. <laughs> like, it's like hella weird. you got like Hamlet on the uh, like an audio. Yeah. Book Actually, the crazy thing is I do, like, I do be listening to, like, like audios of Shakespeare. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I'm, like, a real nerd when it comes to that stuff. But I listen to That's a lot epic, of Beethoven. Bro. Yeah. It's, it's, thank you. Thank you. But, yeah, like, I listen to weird shit, like, as much. Not weird, but I listen to different stuff when I'm not DJing as much as I can. But Tame Impala and Tori Moore are probably, like, the go-tos for sure. I'm about to throw on some classical tonight. Nah, for real. It's needed, <laughs> bro. It's super, it, it gets your room clean for sure. For sure. Energy, like, right? I mean, there's a reason. Yeah, nah, bro. for sure. Nah, for real. <laughs> All right, cool. So, this for is real. my favorite personal, personally, my favorite topic mm -hmm. uh, library organization. 
Oh yeah, I'm, yeah, that's a big one. It's. I I complain about this on Twitter all the time, but the the state of DJ Library organization is just an, an absolute dumpster fire, in my opinion. It's, it's, it's so we're bad, we're bro. getting some tools that are like getting close to to solving it, but we're not quite there yet. So I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. do you do you have a um a particular system that you try to follow, or what's like your what's your process from like listening to a song to then DJing the song? What's in between all of those? So what I do um. Cause at first my organization was pretty like all over the place. Cause that's how I DJ. So like, um, I, you know, I have ADHD and all that stuff. So like in ADD, so I actually liked my library just like, just, oh, figure like just dig, 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 dig. But now since like, you know, gigs are getting bigger, people are actually coming out to see, like, see like who you are and what you're trying to do. I create crates, like, you know, certain crates, like, and I always date my crates too. Like if, like say I'm I'm like digging and I'm like producing like a lot of like flips, I'll be like okay this song like will be good to play for June fifth at this Toast of Life event, so I'll create like a crate and um, I'll just practice that crate. I'll build like a bunch of songs out of that crate, and then I'll start practicing them, and then kind of like delete what songs I don't want on that crate, mm-hmm. and then uh, kind of just like you know let it let it just ride and then just honestly just have that crate of music where it's like, okay, this is your crate for your your gig that weekend. Or I have like a crate of just, I'll have a crate where it's like turned up shit, Afro beats, um, EDM, um, house. Cause then you never know, bro. Like sometimes you'll have like this, this set all organized already. And then you'll go into like, you'll go into an event and they're not fucking with it. They're not feeling <laughs> it. They're not, they're not, they're not like messing with it. <laughs> yeah, your whole plan just go. And then you, so you have to like then, that's when I feel like the disorganization comes because then you have to like kind of just get out of that crate and kind of just go throughout your whole library and kind of like dig as much when you can just create like a backup crate of like music that you can go to. Like if it's like a very turned up energetic crowd that, you know, like the hot girls are out, you can go to the turned up page, to turned up, sorry, not page, the turned up crate and then you go through that and play back that ass up act up all that other stuff so like yeah that's why i just try to make crates as much as i can like um i don't know if that's organized but i try to i try to make crates like to to for dates and certain genres of music yeah no that's that's what i do as well Mm -hmm. i had like a year crate and then lately i've been doing like i used to do like individual venues and then subgenres within those venues so like pink elephant hawthorne Mm-hmm. PBL house whatever down here but then i realized i'm like yeah. then i'm like dragging the same song into like same song, yeah. for multiple venues mm-hmm. so i tried mm-hmm. to just go to like okay i have a bar club like master mm-hmm. crate with like hip-hop yeah. house all the various genres and then That's for tight. each of the each of the various venues i'll do specific dates so like if i'm downloading new music for this particular set then mm-hmm. i'll just add that to the date crate so that's, that's been kind of working right now. But yeah, just that's whenever cool. you make more shit, like in iTunes, then you got to remake mm. it in Serato. But then you can't yeah. listen to your Serato on your phone. Yeah. It's so it's just, there's just all kinds of miscommunication. But it's always cool to hear yeah. other people's systems. No, nah, it is. It is. That's why I always try to like get someone, if we're going to like an event, it sucks because you can't like play like your set on your phone while you're driving. Right. So like if my girlfriend's driving, I get super juiced because I can just like, kind of just go get my laptop and shit but yeah i'm I'm trying to get better with organizing my 
my uh, my library because even though I have a system, I don't always stick to that system as much as I should. Mm-hmm. But I when it's big gigs, that's when I kind of go to that system. But I'm trying to this year was the year I'm like, dude, you gotta go, you gotta have that system all the time. Like no matter if it's a wedding, like just just spend an hour of your time. You spend an hour of your time producing, you spend an hour of your time practicing, you can spend an hour of your time going going organizing. and organizing your library. It's 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 a part of it and you have to embrace it really. So it's been it's been a up in I I say I'm if if this was a class I say I'm like at a at a seventy eight percent right now with organization of probably like a, a B nah probably I'll give myself a seventy eight percent probably this week I'll give myself a D for sure but <laughs> I'll I'll myself because it's already Wednesday and like I haven't really like organized anything but for sure I'll give myself like a seventy eight percent of the year so far for sure that's pretty good man I feel like most people yeah. are. They just, I just, I've given up sometimes. I'm just like, I can't yeah. even look at this anymore. No, nah, uh, and I'm just being, I'm just being uh, generous to myself. I'll probably <laughs> look back at it and be like, nah, this wasn't a fucking, this is 68%. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. All right, bro. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, you, where can bro. people find you? What, what, what do you got going on? Where, where should, what should they check out? For sure, man. I'm I'm on Instagram, uh, DJ Ken underscore Z underscore O, or you can just look up DJ Kenzo. You'll see uh, a beautiful man's face. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, you can find me on Twitter the same way, but it's DJ Ken underscore Z, and then the, the it's zero. And then um, I'm on Apple Music. Um, I'm on Spotify. I'm on all music platforms. I have a new single, two new singles out off of my new EP, I Make Beats too. Uh, songs are called No Humble State, Don't Be Afraid, featuring De Niro Dan on Don't Be Afraid and Don Quez and C5 on No Humble State. So you can find me at DJ Kenzo on all music platforms as well. And, you know, just got a, a bunch of fun stuff coming up. You know, I'm about to be at Vanity this Sunday, which is a pretty dope club in San Francisco and doing a Toast of Life event this Saturday. So just keep updated with my Instagram and Twitter. Shout out to Tosin, man. They the best. You feel me? I love those guys. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited uh, to be a part of this interview, bro. It was super dope and fun. All right, y'all. Well, thank you for tuning in. Again, check out my boy DJ Kenzo. This is the business of DJing. I'll catch you all next time. For sure.